Welcome to Meant to Be Mama podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Sarah. Two women with one mission, unpacking the real and raw truths of infertility, pregnancy after loss, motherhood, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you're here. Hello, you guys. Meg and Sarah here. (laughs) We are so excited to jump into our first, well, I guess, second more in-depth episode talking about our stories. We are going to get started first and foremost sharing Sarah's story. So before I go into blabbering and talking more, I'm going to turn it over to you, Sarah, and excited to have our audience hear your story and relate and all the things. And hopefully it's okay if I stop you during your story, if I have any questions or anything, um, because I feel like we've talked about it, but I know once we get in depth, it's going to be you know, a little bit more than we may have even chatted together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it would be nice if it's like a conversation. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I know. Um, I feel like it's I haven't practiced. Like, in this place. Yeah. I'm going to try to be like, you know, as vulnerable and open as I possibly can be. Um, and I haven't like practiced this at all. So it's just really going to be like just me talking about, yeah. Um, what happened? So I guess, um, I'll start at the very beginning. So I got pregnant unexpectedly. Um, we were not trying, but we also were not actively trying not to. We had been together for at that point, like two and a half years. Um, and we're both a little bit older. We were like kind of at the age I was really always, it was just always in the back of my mind. I feel like like most women that want children, that I really wanted to have a baby and I wanted to have one sooner rather than later. So I decided I wanted to go off birth control, which in hindsight, I really wish I had done earlier, but um, going off of birth control. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, although going off birth control led me to get pregnant a couple months later. (laughs) That's a whole story for um, another day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can do a whole thing on birth control, but you know, I was in a place where I was like, if I get pregnant, I get pregnant. Um, And then I got pregnant. Um, I got pregnant in April, 2021. Um, I found out in May. Um, and then unfortunately we ended up losing her, um, in July. So I remember, um, Matt was, I was in Boston, um, and Matt was at his parents' Cape house. Um, it was just him. They were, I don't know where they were, but I was going down to meet him that night and I was only one day late, um, on my period, which was not uncommon. So I don't know why. And, and I was never somebody who like freaked out about getting pregnant. Um, or like, I've never been somebody to like take pregnancy tests, but for some reason I was just like, I think I'm just going to go get a pregnancy test. Like, Your body and knew. to this, yeah, like to this day, I'm like, why did I go do that? That's like such a random thing for me to have done. But I went to CVS, I got a pregnancy test, I peed on it. And I was like, there's no way this is going to be positive. So I just like left it. I walked away. I didn't even think about it. I made dinner, came back in and it was positive. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like so shocked, so surprised, such a crazy feeling. And like for me not expecting it, just like immediate fear, like immediately was scared. Um, And I called one of my friends who I knew also um, like got pregnant unexpectedly, but with the right the right person. Um, and she kind of like 
talked me through it first and then I called my best friend and then I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to drive down to the Cape and tell Matt. And I was really scared to tell him and like looking back on it, I think it was just such a huge like life-changing thing. So we went down, he had made me dinner. I like didn't eat any of it. He knew something was going on and finally it just like came out. And he just like hugged me. Big elephant on my chest, and I have to tell you right now. <laughs> Huge, yeah, yeah. And then we like didn't talk about it for like three days. Oh uh, and then after that, we kind of like went down the path of calling the doctors and um, scheduling the appointments and all of that. So we had the eight week appointment. Everything was great. Um, Ten week mm-hmm. appointment. Everything was great. Um, they saw her like flipping around. They were like, she's so active. We didn't know she was a girl at that point, but yeah, everything was great at the 10 week. And then we decided to do the genetic testing, which I can't even remember like if it was given to me as an option or not, it was just presented as something that they did. Um, and they went through all of the stuff. And I was, I remember like saying to my doctor, like, I am sweating bullets right now. Like, full-blown like sweat like this is so anxiety producing and I remember her being like I know it's a lot it's a lot to take in like this only happens to you know one percent or whatever whatever she said um so we did trying to like take take the fear away like it's gonna be fine Yeah. yeah yeah um so we did the genetic testing and left and then I just had like a pit in my stomach like for the next two weeks and which I feel like is probably normal. Um, but it just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like I knew something was wrong. And like Matt and I had conversations, like, like I was just, I was just scared. Like what if something goes wrong? And he's super, super positive. So normal fear. I'm like the opposite. My husband, when we did ours, which obviously I'll get into on our next episode, but he was panicking the whole time about like all the things that could go wrong. And I'm like, everything's going to be fine. You know, um, you need that yeah. like, in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was opposite for, I'm the worrier and he's always like super calm. So yeah. he was just like, you know, reassuring me the whole time. Right. Anyway. Yeah. We, it was the day of our 12 week appointment and we were getting in the car and I got a call from the doctor and they said that the test came back and that they found what they thought was an extra chromosome. So she kind of explained it to me on the phone. I just heard those words and I just like started freaking out. So I don't know exactly what she said, but she said she wasn't 100% sure they needed to do more testing. These things could be inaccurate. Um, and I said that I was on the way to my 12 week ultrasound. So she was like, that's great. They'll like, look at it. This was just flagged. And she, she definitely tried to make me feel better about it. So I went to the 12 week ultrasound and that ultrasound was just awful. Like I remember laying there and the ultrasound technician like pulled it up. She was completely silent. Um, and this is not to scare anyone that like goes in for ultrasounds, um, because they can be silent and like that can be totally fine. Um, but in this particular instance, she was completely silent. Um, and then she kind of like, she said she needed to go like get someone else and someone else came in. Um, and then like a third person came in. And at this point I'm like sobbing, crying. Um, I just like 
I just knew. And then, so then they explained to me that they were seeing a lot of swelling around the back of her neck um, and really around like her whole spine. It was really around her, like her whole body. There was a lot of swelling and a lot of fluids, but especially around her neck. Um, And they explained to me that that alone is fatal. Um, So then we went into another room and another doctor was like, you know, you can wait. He was like, you can wait until this naturally happens, but this is going to happen. And I was like, I'm taking in so much information at once. I was like, the woman on the phone told me that there were a bunch of tests that we could do. And he was like, there are a bunch of tests that you can do based off of the ultrasound that we just did. She's not going to survive. Um, so we decided to do all of the tests. Um, we took that information and we went to Brigham and Women, um, which I feel really fortunate that I was able to go to like some of the best hospitals in the world, um, the best doctors in the world in Boston, because um, I really I did trust them and what they said to me. So we ended up going to Brigham and Women's, um, learned kind of what the extra chromosome meant. We did a CVS test, which is so I'm forgetting what it exactly stands for, but it's basically when they take, um, they take a long needle and they insert it, um, into like into the sack that they're in so that they can take out, so they can get like a 100% accurate test because those genetic tests that you get are not 100% accurate. Um, a CVS is. So they could tell me 100%, like with 100% certainty that they expected that she had Turner's, something called Turner syndrome. Um, and with the CVS, they could tell me what for 100% if that is what it was. Um, so we did that test. I also did a bunch of blood tests on myself. Matt did a bunch of blood tests um, for him. They got back to us like four or five days later um, and confirmed that it was Turner syndrome, which basically means she had an extra chromosome. One of the questions that I got was if Turner syndrome would show up on like a preconception genetic screening, it would not. It's something that happens after conception and it's completely random. Yeah. It's just like, it's just something that happens and it sucks. Um, so I think it was something like 1% of babies will survive the pregnancy and the birth with Turner's, but coupled with all of that swelling, um, there was just no way that she was going to survive. So part of my story is that I was then faced with a decision. And this is part of my story that makes me a little bit nervous to share because I have worked really hard to not feel more guilt uh, about the decision that we made um, than I already do because we decided to do a DNC and not wait until until I miscarried Later in my in second term. trimester or mm-hmm. yeah, or um, gave birth to a stillborn, which is what they said would I would either I would either miscarry or I'd give birth to a stillborn, um, and I could not. First of all, I didn't want her to suffer in my body, um, mm-hmm. knowing that she was going to be suffering 
Um, I also didn't want to have to tell people, have to watch myself grow or, or have to tell people and like say like I'm pregnant and then have them be like, Oh my God, congratulations. And then like, and then what would I say to that? But like, but she's going to die. I couldn't Um, imagine Sarah. Yeah. And so we ended up like, it, it took us a, I mean, it, it took us about a week and a half, um, of like kind of reconciling that we had been to the best doctors in the world. We had done all of the tests. Um, like we knew with certainty, this was not a viable pregnancy and ended up having the DNC at, I think it was like 13, between 13 and 14 weeks. It was like, I think it was right before 14 weeks. We also had just gotten engaged. We got engaged when I was like 11 weeks. And then we got engaged the day before Father's Day. And we told all of our parents on Father's Day. And then like five days later, we found out. uh, We found all of that out. So it just, it was so confusing and like so many emotions at once. Had you told Um, anyone else other than family? No, it was just my best friend and the one friend that I called and then, and then family. Yeah. And Matt hadn't even told his siblings. Um, it was just my sister knew my mom and my dad and his parents. I had already bought, like, I bought scratch tickets for like his brothers to like scratch off and like have it say we're pregnant. I had bought bracelets for her aunts, would have been aunts. Um, because we were supposed to celebrate, this was all happening over like 4th of July weekend and we were supposed to celebrate our engagement and with, with Matt's whole family. And then obviously this all happened and that was right in between us finding out and me having the DNC. So I was pregnant, but I knew that like, I wasn't going to be a week from then. Um, so Matt really wanted to still celebrate our engagement and it was just, it was, it, it was such a hard weekend. It was just, it was so difficult. And Matt wanted to tell his brothers in person, which I understand. Um, but it was, it was like, I was supposed to be like, it was supposed to be the happiest time. Um, cause we had just gotten engaged and, and we were gonna like tell the whole family then, um, and to find like all of this information out like four days before that. It just like, to be honest, it just like, Obviously, it ruined the engagement, um, which is sad. I'm proud of you for even going. Like, honestly, the fact that you put on a strong face to go and – well, it's hard. I could only imagine because you're, like, wanting to celebrate being engaged and so excited. But then it's just when you're going through it, you know, as I know. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone listening, Matt's my fiancé and (laughs) he's incredible. Um, And he really wanted to, like, have a nice weekend. He wanted to, like – he's someone who wants to, like, find a silver lining and make the best out of, like, bad situations. And he felt like, you know, what are we going to do? Just sit in Boston in our apartment and, like, be sad or we can go down and be surrounded by family. So I understand where he was coming from and ultimately we decided to go. But in hindsight and the advice that I would give now um, to anybody going through this is, like – don't force yourself to go out. Don't force yourself to go to family gatherings. Don't force a smile on your face. Like I would say like take time to like sit in it and like prioritize you first. And like, it's just, 
you have to be selfish. Like I, I look back and I'm like, I wish that I had just said like, this is just not something I wanted to do. But we, you know, we did it. We got through the weekend and then we had the DNC. Um, and I really struggled, like really struggled with the guilt part of it. Cause it was like, we made a choice, like when we had no choice mm-hmm. and I still like struggle with those feelings. And I struggle with like, I'm scared of like judgment. Um, and I'm scared of people saying like, Oh, well, what if you did this? Or what if you did that? Or, you know, I think that the all premise of, that. Too, of, of what this show is, is for those of you guys who are listening is that as women that are go through this, like you have to make the best decision for you. And this is a judgment free space. And this is why we're here to share because there's also, I'm sure so many other women out there that are feeling the feelings that you have felt and continue to feel today. And, um, that's why we're here. Cause it's, it's our safe haven to be able to speak these things and still be loved and worthy and all the things that come around with this community of motherhood and women. So I just want to say, yeah. That. And I think too, thank you for saying that. I think too, like guilt is just a normal feeling like that comes with the territory. Um, you know, regardless of what the situation is, I can imagine, um, you know, in any kind of situation like this, it's always just like, as a mom, um, you're like, how can I do better? You know? And in some situations it's just, you can't do anything. And that's like a really hard pill to swallow. Um, I took two weeks off of work because physically I couldn't go back. I am a spin instructor. Um, so there was no way I was riding a bike. Um, so I took two weeks off. I went back to work. I didn't tell anybody. Um, I just like remember going in, like playing upbeat music, saying all the things that I, you know, had always said. It was like just kind of like a record, autopilot. you know, a record player. Yeah, autopilot, exactly. Um, and I just like kept it a secret. And I would go in, I would put a smile on my face, and I would perform, and then I would leave, and I would just like shatter, like break down in like a million pieces in my car on the walk home or just random times. It would just like hit and I would just like, like, like shattered glass. I felt like I had no support, no resources. I knew of two like acquaintances that had posted on Instagram that they had miscarriages. But aside from them, I didn't know anybody that had been through it. Nobody in my life had ever talked about it. So I just like, didn't know who to talk to, where to turn, what to listen to, how to talk about it with anybody else. I hated hearing everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. That like killed me every single time I heard it. And I heard it so many times. And that was like the worst thing that I could hear. Don't say that to somebody going through this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I hated that. And I just felt like nobody could relate um, to what I was going through. So I did have an incredible therapist that I had been working with for like two or three, probably three years prior. Um, So like, thank God for her. She, I mean, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without her. And my fiance, Matt, they both, after like, I think it was like two months, after two months, me just like really, really struggling in silence, my therapist was like, why don't you share this. Like, why don't you figure out a way that feels authentic to you and like post it on your social media? Um, cause I have always been someone that like, 
you know, really tries to be authentic on my social media and share what I'm going through. And same thing with teaching my classes, my spin classes, I, you know, would try to share parts about my life. So it it felt like I was really like hiding something. So she was like, you know, like, why don't you share? Um, so I, I came home and I asked Matt and I was like, my therapist mentioned that maybe I should share about this. And he was like, yeah, I think you absolutely need to share it. Um, which I know isn't always the response. So I'm, I'm really thankful for him for understanding, um, that that would help me. Um, and I ended up sharing like that night. And after I shared on social media, I had hundreds, like hundreds of women write to me about their stories and what they'd been through. Hundreds of women that I knew that had been through this. And I was like, that you would have never known that were also never in silence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just like sharing was really, really hard. So I understand why people don't do it. I understand why people don't talk about it. Um, but I, but I also like, I don't know how you just keep that to yourself. I really, I don't. And so many women do. And that's still like, like to this day, I'm like, I'm glad I got it out because I feel like that would just like, it would be well, it's like embedded. It's embedded trauma. Yeah. You know, and eventually yeah. it's going to come out somewhere, somehow in some fashion, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really my, that's really my story. That's what happened. We, I knew immediately, I remember getting this question, um, back when I, when I originally told my story was, um, how did you know that you wanted to start trying right away again? And for me, it was like, I mean, it wasn't even a question. It was, that was all that I wanted, um, was to try again immediately. Like I was like, when, you know, when can I start trying again? And, um, my doctor said that we could try immediately. Um, so we did, and we ended up, um, thankfully getting pregnant 10 weeks later, um, which we'll end up talking about pregnancy after loss, um, and then postpartum after loss, but we did get pregnant 10 weeks later. Um, and that pregnancy, thank God was, was easy and healthy. And I have the most amazing, beautiful six month old baby boy, um, now, and he is absolutely everything to me. And I just couldn't (laughs) imagine my life without him. He's, he's just the best. Um, but I think something that really surprised me was just how much like the loss of, we named her winter. So the loss of winter, how she still shows up and like in my day-to-day life, like through my pregnancy and even postpartum. Um, and just like, just how much that like really, really affected everything, um, after it happened. Yeah. That, that surprised me. I thought, I thought that it was something that I would get through. I didn't know how I was going to get through it, but I thought, you know, I'll get through it. And at some point I'll come out on the other side of it. But I didn't realize that it would like stay with me for as long as it did. I do think some other things that surprised me, and I feel like we can do like episodes on all of these topics, totally on all the topics. Um, which I'm like so looking forward to because I think there are just like so many things that go into loss that people don't think about. But some things that surprised me um, were my Instagram algorithm was all babies, 
all pregnant mm-hmm. people because I was pregnant for 13 weeks. Um, so I was researching everything, scrolling everything. So all yeah. that was popping up was like babies, pregnancy announcements. Um, all the that things was you really don't want to see. Yeah, I had to just stop social media um, yeah, for a while same. because the algorithm was difficult for me. Um, how painful other pregnancy announcements were, like deeply painful, um, and how guilty I would feel about that pain. Um, that surprised me. Yeah, like like the annou- the announcements from like friends and family that like I was. I was so happy for them and I was so angry at the same time. And then I would feel so much guilt about that. Um, that was really, really hard. And it's like you're not even angry at um, them. You're angry at yourself, at your own no. body. But also yeah. like – Well, you're just like there's God immediate universe. anger. Yeah. There's like, immediate why, jealousy. Why them? Why not me? Yeah. And then like – and then you feel like a horrible person for feeling those feelings. So it's just this like cycle. Yeah, it's – I mean, that was so hard that I never, ever expected or ever heard talked about. Um, It surprised me how hard it was on my relationship, um, how difficult the first couple weeks were after um, our DNC. And then it also surprised me how much stronger we were after we, like, figured out how to communicate about it. Um, I don't think we would be like the couple that we are today had we not had to go through something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, I know he, like, he's my rock. Like he will, he, he's like my person through everything. And like, I know that without a shadow of a doubt now. Um, and I, you know, I thought I knew that before. Um, and like, I know for sure now, um, yeah, and I guess just like I think what also surprised me was how how many acquaintances um showed up for me and I want to say this in a way that's like I want to say it in a way that I want to say it. Um how like close friends and family how they showed up and how they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um and how I wish people to show up don't show up the way that you expected and the people that you would never expect show up in the ways that you would have never expected. Yeah. And I don't know how much that had to do with me or with them or how I was interpreting everything. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that surprised me. Um, and I think that those are all things that we can like dive into more. Um, and I'm excited to talk about because I just think these are all things that need to be talked about because so many of us go through this. And anyone who doesn't go through it, like, you know someone who's been through it. Um, who may need you as their so. friend. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many layers and levels to it as yeah you move forward and we'll get, you know, more into that and stuff. But now how hard it is. Like, I'm really nervous to share my story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. The vulnerability because you're giving me courage to share next. And I didn't know a lot of those things. So I feel like we're going to learn a lot about each other over these next however many years we do this. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that too. Um, And I'm excited to hear your story. And and each, you know, each story is so like, 
Different. is so unique, but the, but I feel like the feelings, a lot of the feelings that, that, you know, we express to each other and like other women have oh. expressed to me and um, the feelings like sound similar. Um, yeah. Like our stories are though, completely different, but yet we were, we could yeah. relate on when we were talking, going through it, like so many levels that were like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm not alone in that. You know? Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to my story. Um, it's, I feel like every time I tell it, it like it feels therapeutic. Um, so I appreciate you and I appreciate anybody that, you know, tuned in to listen and, um, and I'm excited to hear, you know, about yours. Yeah. If you guys hop on to the next episode, we're going to be going more in depth into my story. And like we shared, they're both completely different, but I know she can relate to some and I can relate to others. So if you want to hear more make sure you stay tuned for the next episode thanks guys bye thanks (laughs) Thanks for listening it would mean everything to us if you'd rate review and subscribe you can find us your hosts on instagram at meg och m-e-g-o-c-c-h and at sj silk s-j-s-i-l-k and follow at meant to be mama underscore podcast for all podcast related updates. Our biggest goal is to create community in this space. So feel free to DM us, introduce yourself and share your stories. If you're open to it, you can also find our private meant to be mama community by requesting us on Facebook and searching meant to be mama podcast community. You can find all of these links in the show notes. See you next episode.